Hi, this is Nichelle Nichols, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Aren't we all lucky? Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Ed Robertson along with Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen welcoming back to TV Confidential, radio talk show about television that boldly goes where no radio talk show about television has, has ever gone before as we remember uh, the birth of Gene Roddenberry this week in TV history. Tony's segment, as always, is brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly-performing live storytelling ensemble, StorySalon.com. Fascinating that you should mention that. Ah. Yes, you had a captain of a ship that would use... Six syllables for a one-syllable word. <laughs> Where was Dr. McCoy? The man was obviously having a stroke when he was summoning his first officer. I'm, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> Whose best diagnosis, by the way, was saying he's dead. Yes, he's, yes. he's dead, Jim. <laughs> well, it took you long enough to get here. Of course he's yes. dead. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're joking, and, and, and we joke with love. Uh, this is uh, August 19th. 1921 was the birth of Gene Roddenberry. My gosh, 80 years, 90 years. 90 years. Wow. Can you imagine that? Uh, and and his, his franchise is still... Still going. Still going. There's already talk about a second... A, a, a movie with J, uh, by J.J. Uh, J. Abrams. Yeah, so there's already talk about that. I, I had my, uh, my skepticism when I heard that this was coming out because... Uh, as a devotee of everything I've heard about Gene Roddenberry, and he was always very forward-thinking. Mm-hmm. So with Enterprise, which I kind of, I like the idea of Enterprise, uh, I, I had a, a few little qualms with it. But I had always been told that you know Gene Roddenberry wanted the franchise to always move forward, and then Enterprise goes back in time, which I always saw. I always thought Enterprise should have been more of a spin-off of Star Trek First Contact. Mm. That that should have been the alternate reality created after First Contact, and that's where Jonathan Archer came in. But, you know, that kind of was the reality with the new movies, that it was going to be slightly askewed. I remember... I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you said Gene Roddenberry was forward-thinking. Was the first show ahead of its time? Is that it, why it didn't do well in the ratings? Was it almost too controversial? I mean, sure, it had a loyal fan base, but it never did well in the ratings. Well, it it was ahead of its time in the sense that it would comment on some of the things that were going on. You look at the Prime Directive, mm-hmm. uh, do not get involved in the uh, in in the workings of, a, of of another country or another civilization, yeah. which you know was of. Uh, uh, a subtle uh, reference uh, uh, to Vietnam, and uh, but but and, and there are a lot of there there are a lot of commentaries. Uh, th- there are a lot of things that were commenting on uh, what was going on in the U.S. at the time in the mid 1960s. Yeah, I mean, be- just the fact that you had a multicultural crew, right? But because it was set 
in outer space 300 years in the future, they can, it, it, sure. it was not considered subversive. But, um, but it got a lot of people's attention. It got a lot of people's attention. There wasn't uh, a lot of backlash because of that. But in the original pilot uh, with Jeffrey Hunter, right. the first officer was, was a woman. That and, was a problem. Yes. And with women, who does she think she is? Yeah. I mean, that was the major problem, which is why she was recast with an alien. Yes. <laughs> but but she managed to find her way on the crew. Because yes, it helped, she did. It, it helped being married to Gene Roddenberry at the time. So. Yeah, so you know. Yeah. So, so, so in the 23rd century, nepotism is still alive. Nepotism is still alive. But it's interesting. Um, I, was, I remember uh, there was an interview with Leonard Nimoy. Um, that came out around the time when Enterprise was canceled, which meant the end of the a continuing franchise of, on television. On television. Yeah. And um, I remember the you know, the opening sentence of the article: "Mr. Spock is laughing because he was he was responding to a question. This will be the first time in 40 years there's not a Star Trek show on television." And and, and Spock was laughing. Uh, Nimoy was laughing because he said, "Yeah, you're, you're missing the point. The fact that." This is a franchise that was on television nonstop virtually for 35, 40 years. That's what you should be talking about, not the yeah. lack of one. Well, it, it, not to digress too much, but it was like when Bill Cosby was interviewed once and asked, you know, what did he think about the stupidity at ABC for not accepting the Cosby show? And he said, well, you know... If I was working at ABC, I might have rejected it. He said, but we should be talking about the brilliance of Brandon Kardakoff for bringing, you know, exactly. taking on the Cosby exactly. show. You know, because Cosby had a couple of failed things uh, before that. You know, he was he was not a good risk. Mm -hmm. And it was a shrewd decision and all, all that. Yeah, but we have to put it in the right perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, this, this has been a franchise that has been on television. And when you look at, at least from the point of Next Generation being on, mm -hmm. which we get Deep Space Nine and, and Voyager and... And then Enterprise. I mean, you just look at that time frame for the late 80s. I was at 1987 when mm -hmm. the uh, Next Generation came on, all the way to the time that Enterprise was canceled. I mean, that's unheard of as a franchise. Uh, I mean, you, you, you have to look at that, and you have to look at their, their influence not only uh, on our society. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think there's a day goes by that people are not making some sort of Conscious Star Trek reference or unconscious Star Trek reference. I mean, uh, I don't know how many times somebody talking about uh, uh, international strife or anything, and they they cite the episode "Let That Be Your Last Battlefield." Right, or or even just just um, a word like warps, a phrase like warp speed being come being part of our our cultural language. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's, or, that's or, or or shields up or. Yeah, I mean, there are just so many ways. There are just so many ways that it has left its imprint on on, on our culture, and, and then of course there's the, there's the whole convention phenomena, which which uh, you know, um, we're recording this by the way the week of Comic Con. That's in, right in San Diego. I mean, it's going to air later, but at, at the time we're recording this, and you have geeks from all over the world, geeks, nerds from all over the world. Coming to San Diego, descending on yeah. San Diego, yeah. and, and you think that you know the, the, we wouldn't have that if it wasn't for the if these, it wasn't for Star Trek, and then uh, and of course another part of the show's history, and going back to Roddenberry, Roddenberry being a very canny man, 
Star Trek was canceled by NBC after two seasons. A fan campaign, which I understand Roddenberry was sort of orchestrating, you know, one way or another, led to a deluge of phone calls and letters at NBC and, and a protest, yeah. a, a protest on one Friday night in 1969, which uh, or 68, which led um, NBC to bring back the show uh, for another season. Now they put it back, they put it on Friday nights, which was a low. Um, a, a low television watching night, uh, so it, so it was ended up being canceled for good the following season. But still, it goes back to the power. It, it goes back to the power of organized grassroots efforts, which Roddenberry seemed to know about because you know, he had he had a hand in making yeah, that I happen. Think, I think there are only in that time period there are only two shows where the public displayed outrage yeah. like that, and one was Star Trek, the other was The Monkees, both on NBC. Both on NBC. But you you have that phenomenon. You have both canceled in the same year, can, and, yeah. But brought back one way or another the following. And, and Chekhov was basically patterned after, after Davy Jones. Jones, so you have that connection too. Uh, but y- you have this incredible fan base that just won't let the franchise go. I mean, uh, I you know, Lost in Space, you know, spawned off a movie a generation later. Uh, all these other science fiction shows, but this is something that's always been perpetually going, and uh, you have uh, the convention, like you said, uh, phenomenon that's happening there, and just their imprint on society. Seth MacFarlane uh, uh, was uh, honoring Gene Roddenberry uh, recently, and he had uh, basically talked about how that influenced him with Family Guy, Mm -hmm. talking about a, a very popular show that got canceled and lived on, and, 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 came, lived, back. and, came, and back, came back, lived on. Uh, uh, both uh, Gene Roddenberry and Seth MacFarlane uh, were hated by the religious right. <laughs> well, you know, Rod, Roddenberry, you know, Roddenberry, because Roddenberry believed in humanism, which yeah. basically says we have it in ourselves to uh, be our own moral compass. We don't need someone standing, you know, behind a, a pulpit or a podium. Um, telling us how to direct our lives, we should we have it in ourselves, and we should we should ultimately be our own moral compass. Yeah, and that was that was a big problem that the yeah. that, that certain religious groups had with powerful message. Yeah, yeah, very very powerful. And uh, you look at I, I I love what uh, Seth MacFarlane said though. I I would I I I hope to hell that my kids grow up. Being fans of Star Trek as opposed to the Terminator, so yeah. as opposed, you know, that view of the future Be- because versus- it's, it's, it was a very, um, you know, war- okay, the, the 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 thread that ties all five of the shows together and and the movies, and the movies which is okay, uh, humankind is is not a perfect species, but we're okay, warts and all. Yeah, it's a very positive uh, look at the future, romantic and idealized look at the future. Yeah. And which which it goes it goes back to look I mean, you could you you could you could be glass half full glass half empty it's the same thing but it just it it it, it, it the, how you look at it makes all the difference sometimes and and you shift gears slightly you look at the technology I mean you look at where we are geographically recording this show right now and how many items in, in this fabulous studio in this fabulous studio that we're in right now. How many items are we looking that we could actually reach out and touch? Yeah. Okay, not just see, but we could actually, if all of us just stretch out, our, how many items can we touch that have a direct inspiration to Star Trek? I mean, I, I just looking around the room, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of uncanny. I mean, I, 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 see, I see two monitors. Mm-hmm. 
that looked like something that Spock and Uhura would be looking at. And we have smartphones that look like phasers from we, the original uh-huh. show. Yeah, we have uh, the communicator idea. I yeah. think, I think you know, we we needed uh, creative technical people to come up with the technology to make this stuff happen. But Star Trek, if anything, provided the box that they came in. I, the 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 idea of a personal computer, just the packaging, the the, the way that we have it installed, definitely comes from Star Trek. Uh, the old flip phones, and then later our cell phones. Definitely, you know, you can imagine that in these design meetings, how many times Star Trek came up Absolutely. in the conversation. You know, well, we want the we want the, uh, the the portability of the phone. We want to be able to oh, like the community. Yes, yes. You can imagine that the conversations were definitely shortened. And explanations were not necessary when you just threw in Star Trek. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised, third edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.